what's going on? It's the First Fridays Podcast with your host, Ali Don, the goddess MC. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, filmmaker, entrepreneur, real estate mogul, boss, entrepreneur, a man's man. Not afraid to get his hands dirty. I'm talking to Eddie Kane. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Just out here. Just uh, happy to be, you know, on this podcast. I didn't uh, follow Ellie Don from the beginning. I mean, and um, I just got to say that she's amazing woman and just did some big things and inspired me in a couple of ways. So I'm really happy to be here, y'all. And oh. thanks for that introduction. You're welcome. So hold on. You said I inspired you yeah i inspired it yeah okay tell me more i'm intrigued um well uh i'm gonna tell her and tell the viewers like uh she uh told me one day you know this was uh before she and i don't know how many people knew this but before she had her store in one of the largest malls in the Southern California area. She just said uh, she was listening to Will Smith and he just said, sometimes you have to put your eggs all in one basket and it can't be no other way, but that way that you need to go, you know? And um, I may not have been doing stores at the time, but uh, in everything that I did, and that I do, I start looking at it like that. Don't question what's happening. Don't um, think negative about it not happening. You know, just uh, move forward and push forward in it. And that has helped in some of my other beliefs to take me to that next level and get to the point that I am right now. So happy about that. <laughs> Wanted to throw that out there well i really appreciate that i gotta say you came through for me multiple times in big ways i mean closer and more so than family and i really appreciate you i have a lot of love for you for sure so i wanted to talk to you and have you on the podcast because i started doing research on performance as a psychologist in the field. And I understand how important it is to talk to not only an entrepreneur, but also a filmmaker to give the game on what's going on in Hollywood and someone who's pursuing a career in Hollywood, a film career. You know, it's a big move to make. And I've seen you make big moves and do entertaining things in the industry. So I want to just glean from your experience. So Talk to me about what was your first film project? The first film project I worked on was a movie called Step to This. I started, well, first of all, I came out to Hollywood and to L.A. and moved here for entertainment. I did some extra work on coming out here. And after asking so many questions of how do you get in the movie industry? How do you get in the movie industry? How do you get in the movie Because I wanted to be an actor. You know, and after asking so many people, 
the answer I came up with is the only way you can know for sure that you're going to get in a movie and be an actor 100% is if you make the film yourself, you know? So I had to start, from that point, I had to start writing my own film and then learning, like, she saved the business of Hollywood, how to put yourself out there, how I had to learn cameras, I had to learn editing, I had to learn so much stuff and learning how to edit, learning how to use a camera really helped me in writing a great film, you know, because I knew what I had to do in all of the avenues and help and things that I um, could afford. So the films I wrote, (laughs) they were wrote to my budget, you know. And to maximize the excellence in the film through what my budget was. Yes, maximize the excellence. <laughs> you know, so I um I did that first film, which was a nice film, but um it taught me a lot of stuff, you know, and it taught me how to make my next film better. And that's exactly what I did. Now you sound very humble and I appreciate it because didn't somebody steal your movie idea for a step to this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did a movie and, you know, we saw it a little later in the movie Dream Girls where uh, the the black actors, their idea was stolen by, I think, the white producers. And then, you know, as the black producers and singers got bigger, they stole the black ideas, you know? So my film was an independent film. It was low budget. It, uh, it was good for what it was, but if I had more money and millions more, it would have been way better. And that's exactly, uh, what happened. Some people came in, they had more money and they actually invited me to the table where they were writing Mm -hmm. the movie but never like contacted me again. I was actually invited to the table where they were going getting the ideas for the movie and they were going to write the movie. And they never invited me again. So I, um, one day I was at the movies and I saw this trailer and I swear I caught a headache for three days when I saw that film that has so much resemblance to my film. So, you know, I said, man, anybody know they can see that this movie is, it has a huge resemblance to the film that I did, you know? So um, I thought about suing. I went, I got litigations and everything. And then at a film festival, I talked to this one guy and he said, you know what, man? He said, that was only one of your ideas. He said, don't go trying to sue them and end up getting blackball from Hollywood. Wow. That was just one of your films. Keep it moving. You can actually win the case and not get any money for it. <laughs> wow. You can actually win the case and probably get a million. You can actually write another movie and make 50 million off of it. Mm. So that's what I did. I looked at it as one of my ideas and um, I just chalked it up and 
I know everybody know. Um, I talked to the choreographer from the movie, and he said he saw my film as far as reference for his dance scenes. So that just let me know that I had a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a really great idea. And so that makes me think of cancel culture and getting blackballed from the industry. So what do you think about cancel culture and how important it is to preserve relationships? It's, it's kind of tricky, you know, because I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> if somebody having a bad day and they see you, a lot of people that's in leadership positions, they are never wrong. So if they're having a bad day and they see you and they take it out on you and it turns into a situation, that right there, even if it wasn't your fault, that can cause you to be canceled you know yeah so you're really like walking on eggshells all while you're doing entertainment work and you have to tiptoe into a position where you're holding all the cards you know you're the producer that that's the goal as soon as you start like uh if you uh if you listen to an interview from the star of the movie um, Snowfall, you know, he said one day he just walked up to the producers and he said, I want to get a producing credit. And they let him get a producing credit, you know, and from the people he hangs around, they told him to do that, you know. So he's in that position where he was in his fourth season and instead of continuing to just get credit as an actor, now he's a producer. So as soon as we get in the industry, even before the, we get into the industry, we got to be thinking about ownership. I like yeah. that. I like that. So that makes me think of how you were saying before about doing everything yourself. And that's how you can put yourself in the movie like that's the best way to put yourself in the film and learning how to edit and basically be the jack of all trades and in, in that yeah. aspect and of course perfecting your craft too so you can get really good at it and make quality films so how important is it to invest in yourself and how much should someone really budget if they wanted to create a film company or a production company so first of all as far as investing in yourself we all heard that it takes money to make money. You know, we also heard that you can pray for success, but I feel like God can only give you the strength. Mm. You know, you have to go out there and put in the work. And when you thank God, you thank him for the strength to go out there and get it and, and, and have that mindset and the strength that you're given to work hard and move anything that you have to move, build relationships, make relationships, the calls, the internet, the contacts, all of that, you know, you have to work hard for it. So you thank God for the strength. Secondly, um, take money to make money. You, um, you have to, you have to decide what you want to do as far as your investment. You can invest a little bit and get a little bit. You can invest half 
and be one of the type of investors I was where I put half of what I had into entertainment. And from putting half, um, I was able to probably look at going to school, doing a film for about three, four years, going to school for about two years. When I get out of school, now that I'm at a certain uh, uh, higher level, I'm making more money, so I'm able to invest more into the films. And then you can be one of the people that just <laughs> put it all in, put everything all in, you know. And I sort of did that with some things and not with others. But um, if you put everything into it and you do end up making it, and being successful from it, you're going to be successful way faster. But you're taking a chance at doing that. And that can be a very risky chance of losing some of the things that you have. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, with this industry going on now and all this reality stuff, I would probably be more of a half and half and just uh, half of the money you're making put into your life and if you're an actor you know you need to get some expensive classes when you're an actor going to an acting class and getting coached is just like a sport if you're not in classes all the time getting coached your your skills are not going to be up there at the point you want them at Whenever somebody comes to audition you, you want to make sure you're at the top of your game. Yeah. Because if you're horrible in front of a casting director, then that same casting director can be on like eight movies. And they're going to remember that you were horrible. Wow. So you want to you want to get the top classes. They may cost a lot, but I'm going to tell you this. If you're paying a lot for an acting class and coaching class, those coaches are going to get you jobs also. Because they need you to have money to continue paying them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, investing in yourself, you know, acting classes. Well, that makes that, a lot of sense. And that's a big yeah. investment. Now, I know it's also an important investment to get the equipment that you need. You know, the right cameras, lighting, you know, so that you can catch all the action. Of course. So... Yep. So, if someone is making a film, now this is part of some controversy, if it's a low-budget film, or maybe some of the actors may even be aware that there is some kind of budget, like how much should a budding actor make in a low-budget film, and how can they request that money respectfully? Okay. So, um, first of all, I want to tell in the last question a little bit um uh invest like you were saying investing in uh the right equipment and stuff like that well sometimes the thing about doing being an independent filmmaker and stuff is a lot of people want to do it themselves and do everything themselves and kind of have their own ideas well i think uh if we look at like the ben affleck you know the matt damon um if we look at uh ben stiller and his crew of people, you want to get a crew, you know, get a crew. You can get a crew of 10 directors 
and you all just help each other. One shoot one director movie where you're holding the camera, shooting one director movie where you're doing the lighting, shoot one director movie where you're doing the editing. You end up learning everything, and you got a group of people. So out of them 10 people, you're going to start shooting 10 films, everybody film that they want. And then eventually, one of those films are going to pop. One of those actors are going to pop. One of those directors are going to pop. And guess what? They recycle their actors. They recycle their people that's in that group. So I can't be an independent director doing independent films and not having the resources that I need. And then I look at the credits of a Steven Spielberg film and it's a thousand people. If Steven Spielberg need a thousand people, then how do I expect to make a film with five people or two people or something like that? So we got to always look for a group. Now, paying the talent, man, it's, it's real hard now, man. It's really hard with like a lot of this reality stuff. But let me try to speak on back in the day and now. So back in the day, there were things happening where if you did a commercial, you got paid and you were put in the union. You got paid for that commercial. Some people made 60000 off a commercial, 100000 off a commercial. This was uh, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Now they have a thing happening where you can just and people need money so much in the industry that they're taking these deals. They can just pay you $5,000 right off the back and you can't get no more money off these commercials and things like that. But when you go into independent film, it's uh, it's different, man. It depends. They have a lot of different contracts. Some people are doing the film just for exposure. If we look at the movie Friday, uh, there's Ezel said he only got $1,000, you know, um, Chris Tucker didn't make a lot of money off the movie Friday, but Friday ended up selling more copies. No, nah, that was uh, Boys in the Hood. They probably didn't make a lot of money from that movie either. But Friday and things like that ended up selling copies that went in the millions, but the people that acted in them did get a lot of money, and the production and everything probably didn't cost, um, probably cost a lot, and all the money went there. Mm-hmm. Some people do movies for uh, credits, you know, and some people do movies for um, like two hundred dollars or something like that. And I don't know. Um, I think a big thing nowadays, if we're talking about nowadays, is social media. Because if you got a hundred thousand uh, followers, two hundred thousand followers, three hundred thousand followers, they'll put you in a movie and pay you just because of that. But like we saw in a Monique situation. She didn't have a lot of followers like, uh, I think, Amy, the comedian. Amy Schumer. So, yeah. So when she tried to get more money from Netflix, it was like, okay, you're a big actor and everything, but how many people are going to watch her movie? So I think social media have a big part of playing how much you get paid nowadays. It's not even about acting. It's not even about funny, you know, in a way. Um, if I'm performing and I have performed at the Laugh Factory, but if I'm performing at the Laugh Factory and I got a hundred thousand followers, 
then some of my followers are going to come see me. And when they come see me, they're going to buy tickets. And when they buy tickets, they're going to buy drinks and they're going to buy food. So even if I'm not that funny and I got all those friends that's going to come out and buy stuff, <laughs> the Laugh Factory will let me perform. And that's the same approach to movies, you know. So nowadays, the now the days we're in, it depends on your social media presence, wow. on how much a person to get paid. Wow, that's really interesting. Now, first, I want to say rest in peace, Anthony Johnson. That's who played Ezel in Friday. And then also, I remember you had me cracking up so hard one day. And this was way before you even mentioned anything about doing stand-up. And you had me cracking up laughing. I was crying like, I don't even understand how you were that funny. <laughs> so I was dying. Okay, so let me just like rewind it a little bit. Okay, earlier it sounded like you was preaching. It sounded like you was taking us to church for a second. So I do want to talk to you more about the gang culture and just having this mindset that that was to be your future and everyone around you. Like, can you talk about that upbringing and how you ended up becoming a junior deacon? Okay, so... um First of all, uh, for the people that didn't know, I grew up in the inner city of Chicago projects on uh, 220 East 63rd Street. And in the raps, we hear about uh, 64th and 65th and Old Block. Um, when I grew up, Old Block was the good neighborhood compared to the buildings I blew, grew up in. Uh, my mom moved us into a neighborhood that... Um, was actually worse than their projects. And there was houses and stuff. It's just crazy. But um, in the neighborhood I lived in, man, hearing shooting and hearing about people getting shot, it was normal. And it was normalized in our mind, you know. Um, like you hear stories about people just stay in their neighborhood. They go to the store in their neighborhood. They go to the school in their neighborhood. They never venture out. We never ventured out unless we were on a school trip or something like that. So in our mind, you know, um, whatever happened around where we were was all that happened. And all that happened with us is either you was a gangster disciple, GD, or either you was a black disciple or either you were... Uh, um, uh, Blackstone or some of the uh, gangs in Chicago and being in those gangs you rep those gangs, you do what the gangs do and you have protection if you went in the neighborhood and they asked you were you in a gang and you said no, I'm not in a gang like uh, Kingsdrick Lamar say where your grandma stay, huh my nigga, mm -hmm. you know if you say you're not in your gang, I mean, no gang, they're going to ask where you stay, what neighborhood you live in. <laughs> because in their mind, just like mine, there's no way you can't be in a gang. Wow. There's no way. Well, what's happening? You'll get beat up, you'll get killed, you'll get shot, anything. But way back in seventh grade, when I was in seventh grade, and 
uh, we had a visitor to our classroom. And, you know, I was looking at everybody, and the visitor asked me a question, and I stood up laughing and everything, and I told the lady, I said, man, it ain't no way you can't be in a gang. You got to be in a gang. And I was laughing with it, but in my mind, I believed it 100%. 100%. No questions. No other way. No, I had no gaps in my mind for veering away from these thoughts. That you had to be in a gang. And it had to be like, soon as I stood up in that class and said that, and God knew. God knew, because he knows all, that mm-hmm. I believe that 100%, that's when he stepped in. And I started going to church all the time, and I ended up, you know, with my, I ended up uh, becoming a junior deacon at probably the age of 12. Wow. 12 years old, and some Sundays, I was bringing a word, you know. And because I knew the streets, because I knew what was going on out there from firsthand, when I read the Bible and when I translated the stories in the Bible, I could always reach my um, audience because I was comparing these stories in the Bible to what was going on in the neighborhood. I was using intricate people from the Bible and using them in situations that goes on in my neighborhood. The same interaction and stuff, you know, and um, I'm happy that happened because that set me on a road to be where I am today, you know, and there are some people that never got out of that, you know, and they're still there. So I got to give uh, the highest honors to God for that. You know, amen. Amen. That's a word right there. It's like he came in right on time when you knew that pressure was starting to surround you to basically just have no choice but to be affiliated with a gang or someone is just going to be asking you where you're from to just find a reason to beat you up or cause you trouble or something like or even kill you. That's crazy to have to grow up like that with that mindset. But being able to find refuge in the church. I think that's an awesome story. Yeah. And it happened before. Uh, these guys, they said, where, where are you from? And I mm-hmm. said, I'm not in a gang. And they chased me from an area called Motown in Chicago, if anybody, any other listeners know what that is. And I ran so fast, uh, my shoe came off, I left it. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> shoe. Yeah. So Dang. that was in eighth grade. So yeah, I'm I'm um I'm happy to be where I'm at right now. I'm uh in Los Angeles. Uh I came from living in the projects. You know, I came from um when I first moved out here to sleeping in my truck. And now I have a twelve bedroom house that we call the Greek mansion. Um after ten years my house paid off. Um, got about four cars. Prize possession, my Mercedes G wagon. Okay. You know. I like it. And I pay my mom rent every month. 
Look at, see? That is a yep. man of God right there. Yep. That is a man of the Lord right there. And to leave an inheritance for your children. So what's up with that? Before you answer that, we're going to take a quick break and play some music. Something that will capture the essence of your ascension right now. So here it is. Started from the bottom is Drizzy Drake. You're listening to the First Fridays podcast. It's at thegodcollection.com. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team in. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. I didn't keep it real from the jump. Living at my mama's house, we'd argue every month. I was, I was trying to get it on my own. Working all night, traffic on the way home. And my uncle calling me like, where you at? I gave you the keys, so you bring it right back. I just, I just think it's funny how it goes. Now I'm on the road, half a million for a show. And we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Start, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Boys, boys tell stories about the man. Say I never struggled, wasn't hungry, yeah, I doubt it. I can turn your boy into the man. There ain't really much out here that's popping off without us. We just want the credit where it's due. I'ma worry about me, give a fuck about you. Just as, just as a reminder to myself. I wear every single chain, even when I'm in the house. Cause we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. No noon, no noon, we don't feel that. Fuck a fake friend, where your real friends at? We don't like to do too much explaining. Story stay the same, I never changed it. No noon, we don't feel that. Fuck a fake friend, where your real friends at? We don't like to do too much explaining. Story stay the same through the money and the fame. Cause we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Start, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. You're listening to the First Fridays Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Don, the goddess MC, and I'm here with a very special guest. Is Ed Kane, Kane Olay. Now, before we took that break, we were talking about leaving an inheritance for your children. And you want to say what? Um, so, right now, <laughs> I'm a single man. Uh, you know, so... A lot of things that I have, uh, anybody, like we said, own the house, paid off. You got to make sure you got a, um, you know, you got to make sure you got a, uh, not a will, but a... Um, a living trust. Living trust. Yep. Living trust. Because when you got a will, it can still go through um, different people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or the, the judge can still eat your money up. You know, we're trying to figure out who um, owns this and who owns that. Yeah. But if you um, 
have a living trust, you basically speak out where you want your things to go. Like you, you write out, I want all my jewelry to go to this person. And those, that paperwork get registered with the um, city and state. And when you have a, if you pass away or anything, it has it um, out there. But a lot of my stuff right now is going to my mom and family members. And, you know, I got to get married. That's my next goal, to get married, have some kids. Because um, I feel like as a black man, going through the stuff that I went through and getting where I am right now, I have a duty. And that duty is to have some kids, have some sons, have some daughters, give them some of these qualities and um, embody them with some of the skills and um, some of the beliefs that I have, some of the work habits that I have, and hoping that after doing that, they can do it to their kids and they can do it to their kids and their kids can do it to their kids and their kids can do it to their kids. And not only that, the people that surrounding them, you know, like I say, Aaliyah, she, she told me some stuff that helped me. Sometimes you can just be a person that's around a person that gets knowledge and experience from somewhere and it benefits you and take you to another level. So I feel like it's my duty to have kids and get married and, you know, ladies, so if you would like to get at Edward Carter, his number is, <laughs> you know, they're going to be coming for you. Okay. So I like it. I like all the flexing that you're doing because <laughs> it's not that subtle. And also, I just like the flattery over here. So far, this is one of the best guests I've ever had on the pod. This is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. Okay, so back to films. So I want to ask you, what is your favorite type of film when you're making something new? Because I remember, you know, just you talking about Chicago is reminding me of your film, Juke City. Like, how does that inspire the genre that you like to make? Um. So, first of all, I want to say... After making films, I learned that no matter how hard it is or what you have to do, even if it's making money, get someone to be in your film that people already know. Please, because that'll just push it to the top. You can have the best film ever, but if it's not really no known actors in it or anything, it's going to be harder to push it. You can. But it's going to be hard to push it, but it's not going to be hard as hard as uh, paying $10,000 and getting somebody that's a little bit known. And as far as how fast it'll push it to the top of getting selected by some of these apps and things like that. But, um, well, some of my movies back in the day have been um, dance movies. And I think it depends on the budget that I have, you know. If, um, nowadays, if I have a small budget, then a comedy and a scary movie, you can make a comedy with a million dollars or a scary movie with a million dollars and it can make as much as a comedy and a scary movie that costs 50 million. It's either scary or not. 
it's either funny or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so depending on my budget, if it's something that I'm doing for myself as a uh, as a sort of um, hobby film, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. I may do something where I can use some of my friends in it, where I can use some of the locations that I know I can get for free. Um, and that could be, you know, a dance film. It can be a hood film, you know, where we all saw the alleyway, uh, boys in the hood where Ricky got shot. Ricky. Oh, so sad. (laughs) I, uh, I got an alley behind my house that look exactly like that Ricky alley. So when I'm writing, I can like put a scene together that can work in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, In LA, we have a lot of nice scenery and places. So that, so um, depends on my budget. You know, if, um, if I get a budget for like 200 million, you better believe I'm going for some of these editors and, directors and things that's in some of these big movies but if i get a budget that's for 10 million then i'm gonna drop it down a little bit and probably start looking at some of the kevin hart um people that that produce his film and some of um you know ice cube uh producers and things like that uh editors and um visual arts you know but um yeah well, but I'm very... films, I like a lot of films. Yeah. I like, I'm into like uh, Vikings and scary movies and uh, things like that. Back in the day movies. Okay. I'm a star. Um, 2012. A lot of stuff. Okay. Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a quite a Matrix, few yeah. things. Okay. So let me ask, so what what is the best way for someone to get feedback on their film? Because I know that you were doing like screenings before, like in Lamert Park. Like what is the best way for someone to get feedback on their film or even pitch their film? Um, as far as pitching, so are we saying, so there's there's different levels. You can pitch a film that you have completed, you can pitch a uh, a film show that you have just uh, done a pilot, the first show. Uh, you can pitch an idea. You know, each place, there's different places. Um, they have pitching shows. They have pitching um, um, appointments where you can just go pitch your idea. You know, but you got to watch out for those because all a person got to do is change one letter and now it's their idea um pilots uh you know you want to um go to uh some studios a lot of this stuff you need to know some people first and that's what you you get you get that experience when you're you have an acting class and you have a um uh, you're involved in certain films and things. You just learn people and talk to people. You can't be shy. Get out there and talk. Um, but as far as a movie, um, you want to get to some of these uh, film festivals. You want to put your films in some of the film festivals. Uh, 
you want to break it down too because there's a lot of different categories in a film festival so if you can turn your film into a um uh a 20 minute short a 40 minute short an hour uh movie and an hour and a half movie you know depending on what type of movie you have like a comedy you want a comedy to stay within the realms of like uh, an hour and a half, the the maximum, maybe an hour and, and 15 minutes or so. So by doing that, you're able to have a feature showing at this film festival. You're also able to put that same feature in short film section, you know, for people that want to see it, but they don't have a, the time or... Um, Sometimes in short films, they play a whole entire movie time, but then you got five short films in that section, you know. Um, so those are uh, feature films. In the, uh, those are feature films in the film festivals. You also uh, want to get, you also want to get a following. You want to, you want to, put some uh, hashtags out. You want to get some of the people, you want to start some buzz online. You want to get some people that got hundreds of thousands of followers to put your stuff on their page. You know? And get some people looking at some of the clips, some of the trailers. Get somebody that know how to make a great trailer. Get somebody um, that know how to do great uh, artwork cover art and I think that's the best way to boost your film and getting your film seen and everything and another thing like I said invest that $10,000 in some of these known actors because guess what there's some of these B-list actors on Brothers and you know um, some of these movies that black films any type of films that's just sitting around they're sitting around, and if you tell them, hey, can you come to this movie set two days? I got $10,000 for you. $10,000 sound a lot more than nothing. <laughs> right. You know. If you're just sitting there. Yeah, so what you have to do in these situations, y'all, I'm going to tell you how to cheat. This ain't cheating the actor, but this somebody with not having a lot of money getting to use a B-list actor. So you practice these scenes for two weeks. Let's say if you're getting a guy, you know, um, you practice these scenes for two weeks with a um, a stand-in guy and a woman that's going to be in the film. But the woman that's going to be in the film is someone that's probably not known. For two weeks, when you get on the movie set and you're going to do those scenes where you got this B-list actor, you show him the scene with, you give him a script right then and there so you don't have to pay him for taking it home and studying it. You show him the scene with the actor that stayed in for two weeks. I mean, stayed practicing the stand-in for two weeks. When he get out there, he just do the scene. How he do it. And that way, in two days, you can get a B-list actor to do a whole entire movie for like $10,000, $50,000. Mm -hmm. 
and then it will push it way faster than you not having no known actors in. That's true. Now, I do wonder about multiple streams of income because I've heard this before. It's so important to have multiple streams of income. So can you talk about how to fund a project? Because there's some people that's like, okay, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to focus on my craft and then the money will come. But we have to be practical at the same time. Keep the lights on, keep a roof over our head. And sometimes just that one stream of income ain't going to get it. So, like, can you talk about work ethic and working smarter or working harder to be able to gain multiple streams of income to get the budget together for the investment? Um, so, depending on, uh, like, your social media presence, um, your friends, the friends that you know and everything, you're... You're able, your education in um, filmmaking and things like that because you have a lot of people that just want to come up and do films, but the film industry respects people that actually went to go try to get the craft needed to take it to that next level. So if they see that you, you put the time in and went to go get educated, in that area, um, it may be a little easier to get uh, funding from somebody else that will fund part of the movie. Um, some people don't know, but one of the some of the people that make the most money that can help fund different films is people like dentists. You know, dentists, some doctors. Um, and they can help fund some of the movie, but they want to know who who's in the movie. Who do you got? You know, there's also people that you can pay $10,000, take a script to them, and they'll go around to all the actors and get them in your film and get them to sign on to your film, and that will get you um, a lot of money, where even though you're not making a lot of money, you're able to get these people to be in your film and from having big actors in your film, there are people that won't mind donating money to getting it made. Now, as far as you as a person, if you want to do some independent stuff, um, if you do buy a house or if you rent an apartment, you know, get a roommate, you know what I'm saying? Right then and there, that'll take your living expenses kind of, 50 percent and that that money right there will be more money that you can invest into your craft into your equipment into your just um anything that you're doing to move forward uh getting somebody to write your script your uh film i remember somebody was telling me like a long time ago when i was in high school she was like telling all of us like just stay home as long as you can just stay with your parents because Basically talking about how adulting is hard and it's expensive. So it is a good way to save some money when you have roommates or you're staying with family because that's one of the times you can maximize your income and put it towards your project. You got to have a plan to stack that money. You have some people out here just spending with no, (laughs) (laughs) no goal of what they're doing. 
get two jobs. You know, but you you can't just work two jobs forever. You got to have a plan. It's called grind time. Grind time. You know, for six months, I'm about to grind it out. For one year, I'm about to grind it out. For two years, I'm about to grind it out. And make all that extra money, and that's going to be the money that you're putting into your project, into your equipment, and everything. And this don't just go for uh, filmmaking, you guys. Well, it's a certain type of filmmaking, film, um, podcasts. You know, things that'll get you more views, that are, you know, from getting more views, from having a popping podcast, from doing something else on the internet and YouTube that can get you popping and more and, and famous, you can actually, <laughs> that can actually help you when it comes to trying to be in the film industry. So you want the best cameras. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. grind time can help you get grind the best cameras time. and the best um, audio equipment, the best lighting, you know, the best scenery. So you can get recognized by a lot of people. Okay. I like that. So work for what you need. Use social media to network and also just look at your resources, the people around you that you have access to that have money and they're eagerly waiting to invest in an idea that's interesting to them. So yep. those are definitely some good points. Okay. So let me ask you this before we get out of here, because I know that there are some tricky situations where you're collaborating, you're sharing your ideas with others and you want to network and get others to buy in and get some interest in what you're doing what's the best way to protect your film from getting stolen or is that just something that kind of comes along with the territory and you got a million other ideas so pursue the other ones that didn't get stolen um um there's a lot of ways to copyright your stuff uh, you can go to the writer's guild and copyright your screenplay um but that only lasts for five years and then you got to go copyright it again. But, you know, it's always somewhere in my mind that do it be people looking through those and selling them to the highest bidder. Um, I think the best way to copyright your stuff is to, um, to read it, you know, or to take pictures or to do something, send it to yourself an email Send it to yourself on something that can timestamp it. Read the whole script and record it and have some timestamps on it. And that way, if somebody does something or try to take your idea, do a um, shoot a short or a small something to tell people about it, you know, and that'll help you from a person stealing your idea. And um, not only that, uh, just taking one step back on the producing part, like uh, sometimes with the, people do pilots because I tell all actors to do a video, uh, do a video resume, you know, with different scenes in it. Um, do with the picture, do the picture that you have all different looks in it because 
with producers and directors and actors and things, they don't want to imagine you being a certain way and acting a certain way. They don't want to imagine how this movie is going to look and what's going to happen. The more you can show them visually, not only will it protect your idea if somebody tries to steal it, but they'll invest in it faster. The actors will come in on it faster when they can see that it's good. It's like um, with singing. If you know how to sing and you sing a song before you sell it, and it's already a hit when you singing it, then when you sell it to Rihanna and Beyonce, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you already know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, all right. And I want to thank you so very much for dropping these gems and leaving your insight, leaving a word, an inspired word with us today. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way to reach you? Um, the best way to reach me is uh, Edward Kane Olay on Instagram. It's uh, E-D-W-A-R-D underscore C-A-I-N-O-L-A. Kane Olay on Instagram or Edward Kane on Facebook. All right. Yeah. Edward Kane, thank you so very much for joining me today. Shout out to all the listeners at SoundCloud and also at thegodcollection.com, our home. If you want to support the pod, visit the First Fridays podcast tab and scroll down until you see the donations tab. Tap on that and you can support and we'll bring it back for another one and another one and another one. All right. And we out. Peace.